series on the Beatitudes. That's part of the Sermon on the Mount. It has a future focus. It has a present focus. The idea is that this is what the kingdom of God looks like. This is what the kingdom, this is how people in the kingdom of God respond. It's not necessarily a checklist for us, but it is a great uh, opportunity for us to look at, okay, if that's what the kingdom of God is like, I need to kind of incorporate that in my life as well. So we've talked about the idea that the first, that we've dealt with the first two already. Um, and the first one uh, we've listed is when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountainside. The disciples came to him, began to teach him. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We talked about this idea. Poor in spirit has the idea of really understanding a need for God. And uh, that people of the kingdom, people, um, they, they understand that they have a, a desire, a passion for God and, and, and needing what God has for them. Then we talked about last week, blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. We talked about the idea that it's not just, it's a mourning of your sin. It's a mourning of the impacts of sin. It's the idea that understanding that God may bring pain into my life so other people might see Christ. It's that idea of understanding that God comforts us in a way that only God can comfort. And this morning, we're going to deal with the next one. Blessed are the meek, for they shall or they will inherit the earth. So, we've got to wrestle with this idea of meek because many of us have a negative idea when, it, when we come to meek because many of us will associate meek with weak. And we don't want to do that because that's not accurate. So, um, let's understand the Hebrew idea and then the Greek idea. And then we'll understand what the people of Jesus' time understood and then we can apply it to us. So, the Hebrew idea of meek... Um, basically, this teaching from Jesus is sourced in Psalm 37. In the Hebrew idea, the focus was a dependence and a trust in God. It, the, the focus was a confidence that God was in charge and it would be okay. Uh, that was the concept of being meek in the Hebrew world. So listen to Psalm 37. Here's what it says. Commit your way to the Lord. Now, by the way, God, in this passage, he's talking to Israel. He says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous rewards shine like the dawn, your vindication like noonday sun. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. By the way, this is a great challenge for us today. We see evil doing so well, and we get all worried. And fret. Okay, when this happened years and years and years ago to Israel, God said, look, don't, don't, don't get up in our shape over there. That's what he goes on to say. Refrain from anger. Turn from wrath. Do not fret. Don't worry. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed. But those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they won't be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. So when Jesus comes onto this scene, he addresses this idea based in Psalm 37. And he says, look, here's the way this is going to play out. Don't get all bent out of shape worried about all of this stuff, I'm in control. 
You just have to wait on me. You have to be meek and wait and trust in me that I will do okay. Be patient when it comes to me here. So that's the idea in the Hebrew world. Now, the Greek world's much different. The Greek world has the idea of, and probably the best analogy in the Greek world, is if, okay, so if there's a wild horse out there, you buy a horse and it's wild. Again, I'm, I'm talking completely out of turn. I have no idea what I'm talking about. But let's say there's a wild horse out there, okay? Can I bring my grandchildren over and throw them on top of the horse? No. Why? What has to happen? You have to train them. You have to break the horse is what the term that we use. Okay. The Greeks would not say you break a horse. The Greeks would say you meek a horse. You take something that was out of control, you bring it into control, and it still has the same power, but it's all now controlled. That's the difference. It's not this idea of out of control. So in the Greek world... It's interesting, uh, when, you, when you study this whole Greek idea out, there was a guy uh, by the name of Aristotle who, he was, in, he, was, he was on the scene about 350 years before Jesus, okay? And he shaped a lot of Greek thinking. And he said that this world of meekness, if you take passivity on this end where we do nothing, And you take anger on this end where we're just out of control like a wild person. He said meekness is the middle. Meekness is you're you're not out of control, but you're not doing zero either. He said it is the balance of that. Listen to one. Here's probably one of the most brilliant things that I thought he said about this topic. Listen to this. Anyone can become angry. That's easy. But to be angry with the right person, to the right degree, at the right time, for the right purpose, and in the right way, that is not easy. This is meekness. Two people in the Bible referred to as meek, Moses and Jesus. You see both of them in situations where they were, quote-unquote, angry. But you see a, a negative example with Moses. You see a positive example with Jesus. When Jesus throws over the tables of the money changers. He was angry at the right people. They, had, they were making a sham of worship. To the right degree, he had to get their attention. Turning over their tables did that. At the right time, they were in the middle of Pentecost, or they, they were in the middle of Passover, when this is the time when people were focused on their sin, and they were literally sinning by stealing from the people. Um, for the right purpose. You're not going to make my father's house a house of, of robbing people. And in the right way. He did it in such a way to honor his father. This is what we're talking about. By the way, if you don't understand the whole Jesus and the money changer thing, okay? So so let me explain to you. Okay, so let's say you came this morning and um you gave you wanted you wanted to give you wanted to give twenty dollars. Okay. We had a little table sitting in the back. 
We said, you need to understand, we don't take American money. We only take Holly Springs Bible Fellowship money. Go, Where do they get Holly Springs Bible Fellowship money? And so if you go to the room over there, they have Holly Springs Bible Fellowship money. So you go, okay. So you go over to give your to, to the Holly Springs Bible Fellowship table, and you go, here, I need $20 of Holly Springs Bible Fellowship money. And they go, okay, great. And the exchange rate is 50%. So you give me your $20, I'll give you $10 of Holly Springs Bible Fellowship money. And you go, yeah, but I wanted to give $20. Okay, fine. Then you give me $40 of American money, and I'll take give you $20 of Holly Springs Bible Fellowship money. You go, what a sham. That's exactly what Jesus addresses, because that's exactly what they were doing. They were bringing in their sacrifices, and they were saying it's not good enough, but around the corner, you can buy one that will be. And literally at one point, you know what they were doing? They would take it. They wouldn't even sacrifice it. They would run it through the thing. They'd put it out for sale again. And when Jesus sees this at Passover, when people are all dedicated to God, he decides to make a statement. And everybody's talking about the next day. So that's why I say, so Aristotle said, look, it's, it's, it's a balance of all of this. This is what we're talking about when we talk about this idea um, of meekness. So, Let's put, the, let's put the meek idea together. The Hebrew idea is there's a God dimension to it, trusting and waiting in God. The Greek idea is there's a balance here between anger and passivity, of, of, of the ability to get angry but at the right things. Um, there is that, that, that perfect balance between those two. Um, James is going to actually, James is going to address it this way. Uh, Here's what he says. My brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Therefore, get rid of moral filth, the evil that is so prevalent. Humbly accept the word word planted in you which can save you. He says, look, be really careful about this anger thing. I'm going to say this, and some of you, this is biblical, so you deal with the Bible, not me. Okay? One of the scripture teaches, make no friends with an angry man. Um, ladies, if the guy you're dating is hot-headed and hot-tempered and loses his cool, find somebody else. Find somebody else. Because anger is indicative of a much bigger problem. And I want to challenge you here because, listen, and, and some of you guys, you know, we like to go, you know, oh, I love being angry. and I, da, 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 da. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The meek shall inherit the earth. Does that say, you know, not, not necessarily weak, meek. It's that balance. It's finding that balance. And he talks about that idea then of inherit the earth. In, the, in, in their mindset, that always applied to the children of Israel when they went into the promised land. The idea is that they were going to get something that was given to them by God. That was kind of the, 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 the Hebrew idea. They lived in a world of Caesar. Caesar's world was a world of conquering and dividing. 
So he'd go into an area, he'd conquer an area, he'd divide it up, but he'd put somebody in control and they'd move on. So when Jesus says you will inherit the earth, they understand that to mean this idea that we're going to be able to have a large area that we influence. And I think one of the things that Jesus is saying here is that, believe it or not, meekness has the power to influence in ways sometimes that I think we minimize. And we're in a very, very aggressive, angry culture. And we have to understand that. So let's talk about how it helps us when we uh, head into work tomorrow. Here's the first thing. In the Hebrew idea, meekness had the idea of learning to trust God. So here's my question to you. And I think this is the question we have to wrestle with. How do you interact with God? In your walk this week, in your journey this week in the Christian world, how patient are you with God? How willing are you to say, okay, God, this is what I need. This is what... Let me tell you something. When I was standing in the airport without my phone, if you think it was easy for me to say, you know what, I'm just going to go find a seat, grab a little something to drink here, and just wait for God to bring my phone to me. If you think that was my concept on Thursday, you have another thing coming. Because my prayer went something like this. God, the plane takes off at this time. It boards at this time. It's now taking this amount of time to get through the gate. If you are going to do something, God, now is the time. Do you know how hard it was for me to walk out and stand there and go, you know, I really hope my brother sees my phone. I really hope my brother-in-law sees my phone sitting there. And then he comes around. And I really hope. I mean, you need to think about this for a second, okay? Do you know how big an airport is? This is Dallas Airport, by the way. Do you know how many places he could have pulled in and stopped and tried to look for me? So this was a God thing. But let me tell you something. It was very hard for me to wait and trust God here and just go, okay, God, this is your hand. But at one point I remember saying, you know what, God? This is not the day I wanted. But if this is the day you have planned for me, then here we go. Here we go. And when my brother pulled up and stepped out and raised that phone, my phone, in the air, I'm telling you, I'm not Pentecostal, but I almost was. <laughs> my question is, my question is, how are you at being patient waiting on God? Yeah, I know what you want. God knows what you want. But if we're meek, we take that Hebrew idea of being confident and trusting in God, just like Israel. Even though the world's falling apart and blowing up around us, we have a confidence that it's going to be okay because God wins in the end, and we're on God's side. That's the idea. The second idea, I think, behind the second challenge is, is how are you going to interact with people this week? When your rights are violated, when all of a sudden somebody doesn't treat like you think they're supposed to treat you or do a certain thing the way that they're supposed to, how are you going to respond? You're going to respond in anger? You're going to get mad at that? You're going to get mad? I mean, first of all, what's it going to accomplish? 
Well, they need to know. Okay. But is it your job to tell them? Is that your personal thing? Is that what God's called you to do this week? Is to tell them off? Here, here's, here's a great question, because this, my world, I always have to think about this. However I conduct myself out there, what happens if that person walks into this building and sees me up here? Believe me, there are a lot of things I want to do that that is the one thing in the back of my head that keeps me from doing what I want to do. That there are people that I get, I get frustrated with and I want to tell off and I want, you know, I, I got this little window right now because I got a different van. So up until now, I've driven the same van for, I don't know, 19 years, something like that, 18 years, something like that. So everybody knows my van. I get a different van because it always bothers me when I'm driving because it's like, oh, the pastor just passed me. I'm doing the speed limit, and the pastor passed me. I have this short little window where I can get away with it. But, I mean, no, seriously, uh, it's one of those things where you've got to ask yourself, am I really going to be able to, by responding in anger, is that really going to accomplish something? I'm going to be able to turn around and invite this person to church, you know. Hey, you, you know, why couldn't you order that on time? Everybody else could do it. I can get a baboon to do it that way. How in the world can you not get it right? This is the Sabbath time we've had this discussion. Blah, 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 blah. By the way, you doing anything Sunday morning? Want to come to church with me? No. No. Through meekness, we can reach the world, believe it or not. Again, I'm not talking about being passive. And again, for those of you who work in a business world, you know how countercultural this is. And then there's that idea of really kind of putting these two ideas together and asking this. Could it be that God wants to use your meekness to reach the world? This is Christian living at an incredible level. In that you sit back and you look at it and you say, you know what, God? You can use me. Even if it comes at great cost to me. Um, one of the things that happens to us often is things happen in our lives and we start to get angry and bitter at God because it didn't go the way we wanted it to go. Meekness has that idea of trusting that and being patient with God that God's going to use it and God's going to work in it and I'm going to learn, I'm going to let God use me. Even if it means life didn't turn out or life doesn't turn out the way I want. All it takes is for something to happen in your world, with your job, with your family, with your health. And all of a sudden you're on a journey you never intended on going. I've been wrestling with this idea. And this is a tough prayer to pray. So I'm going to tell you, don't pray it unless you're serious. But you need to ask yourself a very hard question. And this is the question I'm wrestling with this week for me. Lord, this is not what I want for my world. But, I'm willing to go through it 
because it's what you want for your world. That's a tough prayer to pray. God, it's not necessarily what I want for my world. Thursday morning, simple little thing, but it wasn't what I wanted for my world. Because it could have been a very long, difficult, miserable day. But, if that's what God wanted, he could have used it. And I was willing to say, God, whatever you want for my day, I'm willing to say yes to. Whatever you want for my week, for my month, for my year, for my life, I'm willing to say yes. That's meekness. Not getting angry and frustrated and bitter. And not sitting back and saying, no, it's no big deal. There's that balance. There's that balance. So I end this morning with this idea. A meek person chooses humility over ambition and authority. Meek people are not always passive, but they respond with appropriate anger when needed. They have a confidence and a trust in their God. They allow God to work his plan in his time, in his way. The world does not squeeze them into their mold. God molds them. Let God do that in our lives this week. Let's pray. Lord, help us. Lord, we're in a world that is angry, that is frustrated. And Lord, it's so easy for us to get sucked into that and respond in the same way. Lord, we need this inner strength that comes from you to be able to control our anger and our frustration. We need to be able to respond to the world in such a way that it takes them by surprise. And that, Lord, ultimately, it changes the people and circumstances and things around us. So, Lord, help us. Use us. That people can see a group of people who do it differently. And when it's all said and done, Lord, we want you to be honored and glorified. We want you to use our lives because, Lord, our lives are about what you want for this world, not what we want. So help us. These things we ask in your name. Amen.